0: Welcome to the Centuries of Sound radio podcast. This show covers the year 1910 and features George Kirkman, aka DJ Koryakin. It was originally broadcast on Cambridge 105 Radio in January 2020. Patrons get full downloads, radio podcasts, bonus mixes and more for just $5 per month. Join them at patreon.com slash centuries of sound. Welcome to Centuries of Sound, the show where we use archive audio to travel back to the ancient history of recorded sound. My name is James Errington. I run the website CenturiesofSound.com, where I make these recordings into mixes from uh, 1853 to the present day. And today I'm joined by...
1: Uh, I'm George Kirkman.
0: And uh, could you tell us something about you are also a presenter on Cambridge
1: 105? I I certainly am. Uh, Under the uh, name uh, DJ Kuriakin, I produce and present Revelation Time, which is the uh, fortnightly reggae show on a Saturday. And
0: uh, as as far as reggae goes, is that something you've been into for uh, Ooh, all your life? Over or?
1: 40 years. Over I say, 40 yes. years.
0: Yes. Uh, um, we don't really have any reggae today because we're going back to the year 1910.
1: No, it wasn't around in those days, definitely. Yeah,
0: definitely not. So what's your impression of the year 1910? What kind of things do you think we're going to be hearing?
1: 1910, I would, I would say potentially... Um, it, it lies somewhere between uh, the the latter days of uh, Victorian, uh, well, it wouldn't have been Victorian, of course, but Victorian Music Hall, um, mm. and the perhaps early days of uh, certain strands of jazz as well. So I, I I suspect there may be something lying in between <clears throat> between those genres um, and a little bit of uh, classical as well, um, and possibly a popular song um, that... I don't know, I'm guessing that you may have some surprises that people say, oh, is that that old? Uh,
0: indeed, I think that's kind of a good summary. Um, so let's uh, go to one of those things, which is the the run-up to jazz, which is quite a convoluted run-up, I would yeah. say. We're not in the jazz era at all at this point, but let's have a listen to some things that will kind of uh, feed through into that. The first one is uh, some ragtime. This is... Uh, a. Ragtime, what kind of music do you think of when you hear the word ragtime?
1: I think of uh, Scott Joplin. Um, and mm. uh, um, I don't know, the first time I became aware of ragtime was when I was quite young, and the film The Sting came out with uh, Robert uh, Redford and Paul Newman, um, and it had a, a sort of ragtime uh, theme to it.
0: Mm. Well, the ragtime that you hear from the 70s is kind of piano-based i would say uh the ragtime we have at this time is uh i I think it was being composed on piano and scott joplin was the most famous composer but as you'll hear the actual recordings uh not so much we don't really have any of that that form it's performed by bands or by soloists not usually on piano um so here's one this is uh this is mr r white with ragtime frolics and mr r white Presumably not the man. Not the lemonade man. Not not the lemonade no. man. Uh, this seems to have been a pseudonym of some sort. But I can find nothing about him apart from that. <laughs> uh, B. Whitelock is his real name. I've searched for that as well. But I've also found nothing. <laughs> Okay, so that was Mr. R. White or Mr. B. Whitelock with a bit of ragtime it's called Ragtime Frolics is that the kind of ragtime you were expecting?
1: Um, not necessarily I, mean, I was probably expecting more the sort of piano based thing because I think that's what more, more people are familiar with you know the Scott Joplin um, played either from that time or uh, recorded in latter years by people like Joshua Rifkin uh, in the 70s
0: Yeah there was a big revival at that point wasn't there um, I think the the deal with Ragtime is that uh, and, and with, uh, we don't have any barbershop this time mm-hmm. but the deal with that as well is it's kind of, these are revival ideas, it doesn't really reflect what's recorded at this time which is odd and interesting. Um, we have uh, three different strands of Ragtime you've got the, the piano stuff that we don't really hear, mm-hmm. we've got these bands playing it and we've got the pop side of it, yeah. which um this is a, a lady called uh, Sophie Tucker. Have you heard of Sophie Tucker before? Yes. She's a quite famous uh, in her day, although you might not have heard of her now. Um, she was uh, born in the Ukraine, but uh, lived most of her life in America. A singer, comedian, actress and radio personality later, known for her powerful delivery of comical and risque songs. Mm-hmm. And she was called the last of the Red Hot Mamas. Mm-hmm. Um, very popular in her time. And uh, performing Uh, things that sound a little bit like blues songs before there were blues songs so uh a a bit odd it's a, a large jewish russian well, a large jewish ukrainian lady um performing these songs which which into the 1920s you would expect uh to be blues songs but at this point they're really not they're still kind of they're still called ragtime
2: The loving rag, the loving rag Fills, fills you with joy and joyful jag It makes you glad, your heart is necessary The lovin' the rag Your honey clothes close to your breast Oh, you dance the rag You love the best, say you. you never wanna stop that loving rag Oh lordy, 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 lordy Hear that tune I'll forget my home and mother mighty soon Keep right on the rack and not a step I miss I tell you, babe, a oh, home me nothing like this Put your arms around me, we glide and log I feel myself a slipping. I mean no wrong Close your eyes, my babe, we dance till morn That doggone love in rank Oh, you hear that music softly play, say I could dance all night and dance The love in rank, the bambas say Come on, come on, get out of my way Orchestry, orchestra Love harmony, he is a been la-been Oh, that mm, The love and the bum say, come on, get out of my way. I want a press band playing for me. No get
0: So that was Sophie Tucker with That Love in Rag. Have you heard any Sophie Tucker before?
1: I I probably have, but i would be pushed to name any. Okay.
0: (laughs) She has a few few songs that were fairly well known. Uh, We'll hear another one next week. Uh, Sorry. We'll hear another one next time. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is one side of ragtime we've got the the pop songs um the other side which is a little bit more surprising that that feeds into jazz mm-hmm. is is nothing to do with ragtime it's a different uh, tradition entirely which is the american uh, marching band tradition which we kind of think of as um i don't know a American marching band's definitely not a, a cool thing to listen to really? <laughs> uh, these days and uh, not something I would have listened to otherwise. But uh, going from the 1890s through to now, you can see this is what's going to turn into jazz, really. This, uh, actually, one more year until we get to the first kind of hints of that, the hot ragtime. I would describe this phase of band music as um, kind of up-tempo uh, performances with uh, kind of uh, peacocking solos on top. Uh, this, is, uh, band. Um, uh, this is a Sousa's uh, band. This is John Philip Sousa.
3: Sousa.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who uh, was the king of the marching bands, and uh, he didn't record. Um, he made. I think, one or two recordings because he hated recorded music. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said it was uh, canned music and he refused to participate in it at all. Um, but his band, they, they recorded a lot of good music um, and you can really listen to their stuff right up until about this point or a year or two later mm-hmm. before it starts turning into uh, military music again um, with the first of War, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, Dancing Girl by Sousa's band. that was Sousa's band with Dancing Girl you're listening to Centuries of Sound on Cambridge 105 and I'm here talking about the year 1910 and playing music from that year so um what do you think of, of, of that tune how would you describe that
1: uh well um Lively yeah for sure no, it, 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 with, he sort of a lot of his stuff was to do with sort of marching uh with a military aspect um Probably not that militaristic that one
0: yeah I think it sounds strangely um chaotic mm. you can't imagine soldiers marching up and down to that they would be in a in a mess a jumble, yeah and uh it reminds me a little bit of uh cartoon music as yes, well Yes, I know what you
1: mean I know what you mean it's, it's almost like a sort of uh, somebody um darting around chasing looking around darting backwards and forwards
0: yeah yeah um, I mean thinking about it this is the the period the people making those cartoons it's their their childhood mm. they'd be remembering music from this time um, let's have one more bit of uh, this uh, band music So I'm going to call it this is uh, another another guy who was in Sousa's band he's called uh, Arthur S. Whitcomb and the US Marine Band who no, that should be Sousa's band that should be the same people <laughs> but the the collection of individuals who got into the studio on this day Effective may have been musician yeah.
1: musicians I think we're talking about we?
0: yeah exactly well it, you know there were uh, a few people who were appearing in a lot of these recordings mm. because uh, they were near the studio and they got regular work mm. Um Anyway, this one's called Arthur S. Whitcomb and the U.S. Marine Band. That's what they've called themselves this time. And uh, Arthur S. Whitcomb was a uh, cornetist from Birmingham. The one in England, not not the one in Alabama. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he went over to the USA and joined the U.S. Marine Band. So he really... Uh, joined America in the strongest way possible there and uh, he uh, was appointed the second leader of the band in 1927 Mm -hmm. so he stuck to this later on but here he is playing a cornet solo in this excellent cornet solo I'd say (laughs) OK, so that was uh, the premiere with, uh, by Arthur S. Whitcomb and the uh, United States Marine Band.
1: Probably the finest uh, Brummy expat
0: cor- cornetist of all time. Um, quite possibly. If anyone can suggest another one, mm. uh, there, there, may be, there may be another one. The cornet didn't really uh, survive. I think it's Louis Armstrong who killed it off. Uh, he uh, decided to switch to the trumpet and everyone followed suit somewhere at the end of the 20s. Mm-hmm. But it was the big instrument at this point. All the the star brass players were playing the cornet. Um, so quite uh, there's quite a lot of music like that with uh, that kind of backing, with somebody uh, kind of riffing off it. Um, what do What do kind of thing did that sound like to you? Do you think?
1: Um... Uh, a bit a bit like the sort of thing you might hear in the background of a silent movie, which, I mean, silent movies mostly would have been made probably t- 10, 15 years after this, really, I guess.
0: Quite a lot of them. We do have Hollywood kind of starting yes. up just around yeah. that this time. There, um, there
1: were some around this time, weren't there? But uh, mm. uh, the ones that we've probably seen. Uh, yeah. Point, um, so, yeah, that, that that sort of struck a chord with me in that way. I thought, you know, you could you know, hear it on that. Um, other than that, I mean it's 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 yeah, it's it almost to me sounded like it's a bit of an exercise for him to
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, you wouldn't say it had soul. Would no, you? no 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 definitely it was, not uh,
1: technically very proficient, but um mm-hmm. probably not something you'd sit and listen to endless times.
0: Yeah, that's the that's kind of the aspect we're missing yeah. there a bit. That's why this this kind of stuff seems like ultimately it's a dead end. Um uh, I mean it's an interesting dead end but it's still I don't and it doesn't really go much further than 1910 Uh, I think maybe this is the last example of this we've had quite a few over the last decade Um, let's uh, listen to something a bit different Um, I have some vaudeville sketches comedy from uh, 110 years ago is it going to be funny um what do you reckon
1: there's only one way to find out
0: yeah there is um this first one it's a ethnic comedy it's called um fortunately in this case the ethnicity is uh irish and the guy is uh from uh, of irish descent Mm -hmm. um so it's it's not actually offensive um, although if, if you're Irish and I listening know,
1: I mean, uh, stand by for some complaints you never
0: know. well quite possibly quite possibly um, so it, it is it is as everything like at, at this stage is it's a kind of caricatures mm. but perhaps it's funny as well well let's let's find out let's see uh, it's Steve Porter um, uh, American recording artist of Irish descent <laughs>
4: I will sing about. Well, go on. Sing about. Anyhow, I'm going to make a bluff. Go on, make it. As I said before, I'll sing about. <laughs> you said that before. Sing about. In fact, I think I sung about. Sung about what? Sung about enough. (laughs) I beg pardon, professor. I'm so excited. Oh, say, I must tell you about how I come to get married. When I first met her, I says to her, may I call you Ginny? She says you may if you want to, but me name is Pauline. Pauline Joy. Then I says to her, Miss Joy, you certainly are a thing of beauty. And she says, I don't want to be called a thing of beauty. Why not, says I? Because says she, a thing of beauty is a joy forever, and I don't want to be a joy forever. I was wise, so I says do you think tonight would be a good time to ask your father she says it was because he had rheumatism in both feet but i wouldn't take a chance so i called him on the phone and he says uh, i don't know who you are me by but it's all right you can have her So I bought an engagement ring. But Pauline discovered a flaw in the diamond. I said to her, pay no attention to it. You know, lover's blind. I know it is, says she, but it's not stone blind. The foxy kid. Well, sir, I'll never forget the night of the wedding. The boys were all outside throwing rice and old shoes at us. And one of the gang went to a lot of trouble. He cooked the rice into a pudding and threw the whole thing to once. It missed me, but it caught Pauline in the eye. <laughs> oh, say, Professor, give me a little chills and fever, and I'll tell you about the rat in Pauline's hair. <laughs> Beneath her clear bonnet, with a rooster upon it, was a rat in her hair who was so brave that he went in swimming with Pauline and other women and got drowned...
0: In right, so there's Mr. Steve Porter with yeah. a Flanagan's Courtship, it was called. What it, did you make? It, it of that?
1: amused me a little bit, but um, probably because it's so of its time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, not, not, not the most sophisticated, but it was quite fast paced, though.
0: Yeah, it, it moved quickly. You kind of think of that uh, wisecracking mm. kind of vaudeville. Routine with a double act.
1: I think I think a lot of the, I think a lot of them had to be quite fast paced because if they if they hesitated they got things thrown at them and uh, booed
0: off. And stuff oh like yeah.
1: That. So, uh, I suspect that. Uh, interestingly, I um, mean, he's of Irish descent. I wonder how far back. Cause he sounded very much like one of those Americans putting on an Irish accent. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think also what what was going on this time is people were making uh, records or cylinders for particular markets, mm, mm. and I think this is for the Irish market rather than making fun of them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that. That was the deal. Um, a more a cultural celebration, perhaps. But yeah, Steve Porter was quite interesting. He uh, he recorded a lot of cylinders and, and records around this time, and uh, he, as, as an entrepreneur, he established the recording industry in India. Oh really? Somehow, uh, I'm not sure about. The details of how he did that, and he also successfully marketed a new form of hearing aid. Ah, so uh, a guy, a, a man of Healthy many talents. Talented, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, another vaudeville comedian. Now this guy's called Murray K. Hill. I uh, get this is a, a, a pseudonym. He was really called Joseph Tunnycliffe Pope Jr. Um, and this is called uh, Father's Eccentricities.
5: Once more upon the rostrum. Now I'm going to try and sing you a little song. A little song dedicated to Judge, uh, to Judge, uh, well, to any judge you wish to name. A little song entitled, You May Be Deaf, but You'll Have Your Hearing in the Morning. <laughs> the butcher one day came down in his rig, but father was out. The butcher, he said that he came for a pig. But father was out. Excuse me, did I tell you the title of this song? The title of the song is Father Is Out. All right, professor. Pa joined the militia, but when we had war, father was out. The sergeant, he came and he knocked on our door. But father was out. Says ma to the sergeant, this will break my heart. But dad was the very first man to depart. Down to the depot to see the troops start. That's why father's out. Father was out. Father was out. Father was no hero. He knew what he's about. For all of that day till the troops got away, Father stayed out. Pa went to the village to blow in his tin, for Father was out. They have a hotel there. they call it the inn, but they threw Father out. While inside the inn, Father was a disgrace. He called for a punch, tried to clean out the place. Well, they gave him a punch, but a punch in the face. And father went out. Father was out. Father was out. The landlord was a scrapper, and loudly he did shout, If you ever come here, you'll go out on your ear. So father stayed out. You know, father was the most absent-minded man that ever lived, just to show you how absent-minded father was. We had a big bulldog up to our house that father thought the world of and every night when father came home before father put himself to bed, father always kicked this dog downstairs. Well, the other night father came home. He had on one of his absent-minded streaks. He was thinking of something else, and father, instead of putting himself to bed and kicking the dog downstairs, father put the dog to bed, and father kicked himself downstairs. And father prowled around the streets all night looking for rats, cats, and other kind of dogs, and father never noticed the difference till he tried to bark in the morning. Then father discovered he's the wrong dog. We're going to put a muzzle on Father tomorrow. But you know, Father was a great traveler and a school teacher. And while Father was traveling, he was always teaching school. And this is the way Father read his ABCs. A stands for Atlanta, a B's for Boston town. C stands for Chicago, where the hold of men abounds. Do you stand for Denver, where they cure your lungs and liver? He stands for Evansville and the Mrs. Sloppy River. Wait a minute! On the Mississippi River, F stands for Fall River, Frankfurt too as well, G stands for Grand Rapids, and H stands for, wait a minute, H stands for Helena, I stands for Indianapolis, where the Indians found, J stands for Jersey City, where mosquitoes weigh a pound, K stands for Kansas City, L stands for Louisville, I hear. M stands for Milwaukee. Milwaukee stands for beer. and is New York City, the place to go in the hot. A man from Arkansas came there and lost his little rock. O stands for Omaha. Don't think the town's a joke. A P stands for Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh stands for smoke. A Q stands for Quincy, I's for Rochester, but T is the strongest thing they drink out in Topeka.
3: U's for
5: Utica, while Vicksburg is the town that goes with V. W's for Wheeling, West Virginia. X Y, that's got the best of me. Z's for zone up at the North Pole. Where old glory is unfurled, but the whole country showing by the way that she's growing. We lead the entire world. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, Murray Cahill there with Father's Eccentricities.
1: Uh, it's a bit off the wall, really. I've, I've, uh... <laughs>
0: yeah, surreal comedy yeah. from uh, Murray Cahill there. It, uh, flights of fancy, bizarre flights of fancy he's mm. taking.
1: Not, not hugely amusing, to be honest. If I'm, if I'm brutally honest about it.
0: Well, I don't know. I, th- maybe this isn't the best example. He, he made quite a few different of these. I, I like how. Uh, fast-paced and surreal at the same time Mm -hmm. just the bizarre similar to
1: Mm. the steve porter one he's he's moving quickly isn't he he's not he's not delaying there's no sort of laconic slow delivery no no there's
0: none of that you've got to get it out there before the audience loses their loses their focus on what you're doing let's uh go to the other side of the atlantic now Um, we have less recordings from the uk uh than we do from america during this period um however this is uh, one artist who recorded quite a lot. It's uh, George Formby. Oh, one of my favourites. Although, it's not that George Formby, I'm oh, afraid. It's his it, father. It's his father, yeah. George Formby Sr. Um, do, you, do you know much about his father?
1: Uh, it, only that he was a performer, and uh, I don't know a lot about him. Was he... I don't know, I do I've got vague memories. I've read I've read, read about him somewhere. But
0: uh... well, he uh, he, w- he was active at this time and uh, for the next uh, ten years or so. He uh, it was called the the Wigan Nightingale. Was from Wigan, and he, he grew up in the worst poverty the, the stories are mm-hmm. unbelievable um <laughs> about the situation when he was a child um but he uh, he got by as a child by performing and then uh he, he was called the the wigan nightingale because he had a uh, bronchial cough uh, caused by tuberculosis mm-hmm. uh, which he incorporated into his act um and he, he died in 1921 from said disease uh, exacerbated by the the spanish flu and, um, yeah, his son took over his act.
1: Never
0: mm-hmm. uh, looked back. Yeah, and uh, the, you'll notice it, it, it's, he's got the same voice. So, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was copied by his son to take over. He doesn't have the ukulele. I think that's the, the one big difference though. Um, so this is uh, George Formby Sr. with uh, Standing at the Corner of the Street. I'm a boy scout.
6: When Egan Smith ran second in the Derby last July I was standing at the corner of the street. A fella dressed in uniform could easily see that I was standing at the corner of the street. He treated me and told me that the country wanted men. In lifeguard's clothes he said I'd look a tree he gave to me a shilling and i signed my name and then i was standing at the corner of the street and for standing at the corner of the street they dressed me up with spurs upon my feet they put me on a horse's back to teach me how to ride when I fell off, the riding master came to me and cried. However did you come to be a soldier? I replied, I was standing at the corner of the street. <coughs> Bronchitis. I'm a titanite on chest. I could do with a strengthening bottle. No. Now once when I was a lad, I was standing at the corner of the street. I landed there at 10 o'clock. I'd made it quite a rule to be standing at the corner of the street. The teacher came and caught me humbled at the knees. You're late again then kicked me with his feet. He said, he tell me the reason why. So I said, if you please. I was standing at the corner of the street. And for standing at the corner of the street, in store for you, he said, I've got a treat. Then he laid me on a form. And with his skin, he gave a frown. He put some stripes upon his pants. that were pink, red, white, and brown. And after that, for many a day, instead of sitting down, I was standing at the corner of the street. Well, good night, all, and God bless you. Now then, lads, give me a call,
0: off. George Formby Sr. there with standing at the corner of the street. You can see where
1: uh, George Formby Jr. got his voice from.
0: Yeah, he- completely. Where
1: he got it from, I should say.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, um... You can hear he's a he's a seasoned performer. He knows his act very well. Um, and his, his character that he kind of created is uh, uh, in a way copied by Charlie Chaplin for The Tramp. Yes, yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it very important artist and kind of forgotten apart from as a, a father.
1: Charlie Chaplin, another one who had similar sort of uh, impoverished, awful childhood. And, oh, uh, right.
0: Yeah, so. OK, well, it, it wasn't very nice for lots of people in the They're uk in days, late victorian no. era now um let's uh, let's have a listen to some uh at, I, I guess you'd later call it barbershop mm-hmm. although at this point it's not called barbershop that was a much later invention as far as the name goes um and it's it's uh, arthur collins and uh, byron harlan arthur collins is uh, the edwardian elvis <laughs> i call him he said uh, the hugely important recording artist this time he recorded so many uh so many cylinders so many records but uh, unfortunately he he did a lot of them as a impersonation of a black man so they're unacceptable to listen to in the 21st century um but i think it's a shame because there is some good stuff in there all the same and uh this is his, his he had a duo with uh byron harlan and uh Billy Murray, who's another recording artist, he he called them the half-ton duo, as they were both quite large.
7: I need to get The forest number, and I'm always dream of you. Oh honey babe, this time has come when you and I should be made one. Come to my side and be my bride. Let cupid work begin. And then no more we soon shall fall I hope to die, I'll cross my heart. For you, I'll wait, don't hesitate, pack up and make a start. I love
8: you. When oh, this day ever just about a mother, daughter, love, and
7: dreamin' of you. Sunday, Monday, every morning, and I'm a dreamin' of you. I'm about your honest about and
3: lovely I can never be without your I'm always I'm of you. When next day, I'm, about a a I of Come day, day I'm a daughter, dreaming of you. Dreamin Come day in, day in, day i day in,
0: So that was Arthur Collins and Byron G. Harlan with I'm a Dreaming of You. I'd say that's kind of uh what we call barbershop it's a it's a, it's a vocal group of this time yeah i think it's
1: it's interesting to hear i mean i'm not you know i'm sort of receptive to the things like that you know uh, a, a well-written song or something that's you know, performed well or with some sort of meaning and feeling to it
0: yeah sure. sure yeah and it's got quite nice uh counter melodies i think mm-hmm. you described mm-hmm. those as there it's, it's not a bad song i'd say um this is a uh, we're gonna have one more kind of a tin Alley hit um and this one's called come josephine in my flying machine mm-hmm. and this one's been um uh written about recently because uh, uh the satirical website of the onion mm-hmm. did a, a joke magazine uh, did a an article about uh a, uh a a music fan who was uh Annoyed. annoyed. He was annoyed because this had been left off Pitchfork's best of the 1910s list. Mm-hmm. It's an article which seems to be directly making fun of me. Um, <laughs> so, although it's not. I should, I should clearly say we've... Uh, but it could be. We've worked it out. It's awesome. uh, another person who's putting together something slightly similar um, where they've sourced that actual thing from. Just quite a compliment I would say. Yeah. This version is not the one they talk about by Blanche Ring. This is... Uh, this is a version um, performed by uh, Billy Murray and Ada Jones, um, two of the most recorded artists at this time.
5: Oh, say, let us fly, dear. Where, kid? To the sky, dear. Oh, you
3: flying machine. youngster. In
5: Miss Josephine. Hip ahoy! Oh joy, what a feeling. We'll
3: go through the ceiling so oh, high. Hoopla, we fly to the sky so high. Come, so Josephine, in, in my life flying machine going up. up. She goes, up she goes, balance yourself like a bird on a beam in the air. She goes, there she goes, up, up, a little bit higher. Oh my, the moon is on fire. Come Josephine in my flying machine going up, all on, goodbye. Oh, But on a beam in the air She goes, there she goes Up, up, a little bit higher Oh my, the moon is on fire Come Josephine in my flying machine Going up, all on, goodbye
0: all right so that's uh ada jones and billy murray with uh come josephine in my flying machine so uh, the latest technology of course flying yeah, machines
1: time, yeah yeah
0: yeah and uh exciting I and mean, we had a decade earlier we had lots of songs about cars yes. and now we're getting songs about planes um
1: it's interesting actually the so because i noticed uh, there was the um in one of the comedy routines somebody mentioned calling someone on the phone didn't they and that was mm. you know, only uh, only 35 years after the phone was invented
0: so yeah there's a lot of things I mean that like the word hello mm-hmm. was invented for the phone um, and that's why we say the word hello. So there's the hello my baby, um from eighteen ninety nine, which is all about using the phone. Mm-hmm. Um so technology songs that, that don't really seem like technology right now, but yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Um Shall we have a listen to something from not not the Anglosphere, but from the rest of the world? Mm-hmm. Um this uh, this is I really have no information about this. When I search for this I find my own blog and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to say. It's Banda Odeon with Zé Pereira. So it's from a Spanish-speaking country. Mm-hmm. That's as much as I can tell you, mm-hmm. and uh, except that it's good. So let's hear it. Zé
5: Pereira, pelo Grupo Dion, para casa esto, Rio de
0: So, Banda Odeon there. I think perhaps a Mexican marching band.
1: Yeah, I, I would possibly, yes. I, mean, I wouldn't argue with that. Um, or, yeah, you know, somewhere
0: hmm. South
1: American, Mexican Central American.
0: I there's a lot of uh, recordings at this point. Where they're available on um, there's a couple of different websites. There's uh, University, California, Santa Barbara. They've got this huge uh, record in Cylinder Archive, an archive.org. There's one called Russian Records. Um... Yeah, uh, but quite often they don't come with uh, extensive notes or anything like that. Probably because there weren't any. (laughs) No, no. In fact, if this is from a cylinder, which it sounds like because he says Edison at the start, then uh, uh, we're lucky we even know the name. Mm. just written around the side of it. I think perhaps it wasn't even written there, it's just somebody's um, transcribed it from the audio Mm. because they're still announcing the names of things at the beginning. Yeah. um, Which you don't find after 1910 really i think this is kind of the, the end of that um although cylinders are still going to be around for another decade or so we're still going to have a few cylinders um we are kind of transitioning to uh, 78 rpm discs now um okay something else spanish this is uh resurrection chitano resurrection chidano. okay i'm calling her resurrection Chidano. resurrection Chijano do you speak Spanish too? don't
1: let's have, a look. Let's, let's have a look I've just been to Spain so okay obviously. Resurrection Quijano Quijano
0: okay I'm thinking that's a Chi because I'm thinking it's a, uh, Chinese but obviously it's not <laughs> um, yep yeah, she's from Spain she was born in 1890 that's all I've got about her so this is Spanish rather than Mexican okay. um, and it's uh, the song is called Sarasa <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. That was called Sarasa, um, I think. It, I think Spanish for sure. It's from a, a huge CD of uh, early Spanish music, which is uh, 90% unlistenable, <laughs> I have to say. But some some of it, like that, is uh, that okay. it's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. Keeping in the the Spanish-speaking world, mm-hmm. let's go to Paraguay. Um, and in Paraguay, they have this guy called Agustín Barrios. Um, it's not a name I'd heard of before I started uh, putting the show together have you heard of this guy Augustin Barrios I don't think so no Um, he was kind of uh, the most important uh, guitar player pre-20s I'd say pre-1930 virtuoso classical guitarist um, one of the most prolific composers for the guitar and uh, this is what the guitar sounded like before before the blues came along. listening to centuries of sound on cambridge 105 and today we're listening to the sounds of the year in 1910 we've just heard agustin barrios with a yota uh guitar solo um i can we call that classical guitar i i, I
1: don't know to i wouldn't i wouldn't know but it's not uh, it's a more uh, i call it more strummy than picky
0: yeah yeah he had a lot going on there mm. different different bits there yeah it, It wasn't, yeah, it was, it it wasn't, uh, um, there were chords there. It wasn't just picking out notes like a classical kind of thing that you'd imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of his own sound, perhaps. You don't hear anything else like that, that. I would say. Yeah. And uh, does it have an influence? I think, um, because South America, perhaps the, the early kind of tango Mm. stuff, you could say, um, Although Argentina, Paraguay, it's not the same place, of course.
1: No, no but uh, I'm sure there there must be some sort of crossover. Yeah, for uh, sure, yeah, for sure. Development of dance and music in okay. that. Subcontinent.
0: Um, this is uh, the Fisk University Jubilee Quartet. No. Um, Fisk University. Uh, the, have you heard of the Fisk University? No. It's the first first time I'd heard of it. As well. <laughs> um, so they're they're very important it seems I, I should I should know about it but um, yeah they're an uh, African-American a cappella ensemble uh, yeah Interesting. so it's uh, consisting of students at Fisk University so it was first organised in 1871 it's still going now mm. so uh, one of those groups that's been going around for 150 years although obviously the members have changed every couple of years um, mm. current students there Um and they have they're kind of a bridge between. Um, we don't really have any recordings of early blues, mm-hmm. so we just kind of have. I don't know. It, it's not gospel yet, but you can hear it's going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this particular recording was uh, added to the United States National Recording Registry, which not not a lot of songs are, um, and it's uh, the earliest recorded version of a uh, Swing Low Sweet Chariot.
8: Oh, yeah.
0: On Cambridge 105 Radio. You've been listening to Centuries of Sound on Cambridge 105 Radio. I've been James Errington. Uh, I'm George kerman And uh, if you want to find out more about Centuries of Sound, you can come to our website at centuriesofsound.com, or you can find me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or all those places. If you want to contact me, I'm James at centuriesofsound.com. And uh, where can we hear your shows? Do-
1: uh, on the Cambridge 105 Radio every alternate Saturday so you have to really uh, check, um, check the, the, the station site just to make sure which Saturday it is uh, between the hours of 9pm uh, and 11pm
0: OK well let's uh, finish today with a, a lovely recording by a guy called Raymond Hitchcock who is uh, mostly famous as a silent film actor and uh, this is a kind of maudlin tune but kind of beautiful and it's called So What's the Use?
7: Some call this the best old world that nature could contrive. One thing sure that none of us get out of it alive. Things go on year after year in much the same old style. Makes us sometimes wonder whether anything's worthwhile. No one knows just where this world is going to do so fast Life one great conundrum which we all give up at last. All the dreaming, all the scheming, since the days of yore seems to land us just precisely where we were before. So what the you of all these cunning little babies growing up to homely men. So what's the use of people growing old and dying if we've got to rise again? Or what's the use of lending anyone a 5 But if next time he borrows ten? All single folks, it's said, will always wish that they were wet, and those who are wish they were dead. So what's the use? What's the use of drinking if you've always got a thirst? Twenty drinks will make you far more thirsty than the first. Seems to me to take a bath in such a hopeless case. You'll get dirty once again and wash the same old face. What's the use of giving good advice to people now? Wise men need it not, and fools won't take it anyhow. Take the straight and narrow path, the Parsons always say. <laughs> what's the use of telling that to people on Broadway? Oh, what's the use of fellas having lots of push if someone else has got a pull? Oh, what's the use of speculating all your cash if you're a bear you make? A bull, Oh, what's the use of people calling you a bear if they fleece you for your wool? It is the old bull, Khan, you're just a lamb, and later on, you're a lobster when it's gone, so what's the use?
0: Patrons get full downloads, radio podcasts, bonus mixes and more for just $5 per month. Join them at patreon.com slash centuries of